Hi, I'm Kezia, stroke survivor and a member of BIND. And hi, I'm Carrie, stroke survivor and a BIND member as well. And today, welcome to aphasia part one. This is the beginning of our first mini series. We're gonna focus on aphasia since it affects so many brain injury survivors. We're gonna dig a little bit deeper into what that is. And for those of you that don't know what aphasia is, aphasia is a language disorder that affects a person's ability to communicate in multiple different ways. Today, we're gonna focus on just kind of one person's then then we're going to get into someone else and then we're going to get a speech therapist in here that gets a little more detailed and we'll go from there so welcome today we are going to welcome our guest carl k um you may also remember him from the first season when he came in to uh bind waves to share his stroke story this time we are going to be digging deeper like carrie just said um, and be talking to about his struggle and his triumph with aphasia Thank you so much, Carl, and thank you for being here. It's great to be here. Thank you. Welcome to Bindways, the official podcast of the Brain Injury Network of Dallas. I'm Brian White, Bind's Executive Director. On each episode, we'll be providing insight into the brain injury community. We'll be talking to members and professionals regarding their stories and the important role of Bind's Clubhouse. We work as a team to inspire hope, community, and a sense of purpose to survivors, caregivers, and the public. Thank you for tuning in to Bind Waves. Let's get on with the show. Okay, so <laughs> can you tell us uh, what type of aphasia you're affected by and explain to, the, uh, to all the listeners and to us, what does that look like and what does that mean? Well, when I had the uh, stroke, it affected uh, the uh, light left side of the brain. And so it had to do with language. And uh, what happens was, is that you will see people who um, have trouble uh, reading and speaking and writing. Um, and uh, what's interesting is this has nothing to do with intelligence at all. Of course, of course. Dr. Carl. <laughs> Dr. Carl. <laughs> Sorry about so, that. So Carl, when in your recovery process, were you informed that you had aphasia and was it explained to you in a way that you understood it or did it take you you know longer to understand it the first uh, month that i was in the hospital all we did was work with sign uh sand, sounds sounds uh and it was very difficult i didn't do very well then when i moved to pate rehab what happened was is that we worked on uh, more conflict uh, speech. And so that's when I started looking to what is aphasia and how does it work and that sort of thing. So that all came from a pate. And then I was there for six months every day. And then I went to uh, rehab in, uh, in I, I'm sorry, in uh, Medicine's Hospital. And uh, I did there for uh, about four months. And then the government decided that I was good. So uh, right. they were done. I didn't start, I was done, but they thought I was so. Exactly. Yeah. And right now that you were talking about rehabilitation and all the places that you were at, um, how were you um, focusing on your speech? and also the effects that you had with aphasia like what are some of the activities that they were giving you and like how how did it help you learn about aphasia 
Well, one of the things we did, I'll never forget this, was we did um, the months of the year and the days of the week. And uh, it was very difficult to do, but we did it so many times. I can do it now. Uh, and we did a lot of those things like that. But also we worked on sentences and so forth and trying to do uh basically things that uh, in conversation that you have uh, the ability to uh, to say however what happens is is that uh, because they had a brain injury uh, problem is is that they uh, will pause and they will try it again and they'll try it again and then they try to make up words that doesn't work and uh, and it takes time to do all yeah. that yeah, yeah, I know. And that's, I mean, you're saying do it again, do it again, do it again. That is key to all therapy and rehabilitation is repetition, repetition, repetition. None of us like it, but we all get it. As the other Carl says was, if we knew how to do it, they wouldn't make us do it. So kind of true. But And I know that you still do a lot to work on your aphasia. So what are the kind of things that you do at home now that you said, like you said, the government decided, insurance decided, we're not going to pay you anymore. You're fine. But you know that you still have work to do. So what do you do like on a daily, ba weekly basis, whatever? I know you read a lot. Well, one thing was I had the, the blessing to um, teach uh, aphasia. And I did that for six months. And we did twice a uh, twice a week, and it was uh, very good. I, I uh, really enjoyed learning it, and uh, and only problem we ever had was is people were afraid that uh, that they don't have aphasia, so why go? And uh, we're trying to do other things that they might uh, like and and enjoy. So one of the problems that I'm having right now is there's no one that I can read to. And I'm supposed to be reading out loud. And I've done things like on the microphones and phone and stuff, but it just doesn't work. And so I'm still looking for somebody who can read with me and uh, check things out and so forth. And it's uh, there's nobody to do it. I'm just curious, just random thought. Have you checked with any local libraries if they have volunteers or someone that you might be able to do that with? I've tried several times to get uh, volunteers who are retired. And I, I really thought I was going to have two of them. And then what happened was they said that they had no knowledge of uh, computers and so forth. He doesn't do, they didn't do email or anything like that. So I would have been there with if they do it, but uh, they're just not literate in, uh, in uh, computer stuff. Okay. Yeah, but I think that's a great idea um, because like you said earlier, and because of our first season that we were to able to share your stroke story, like you were a um, professor before and when you had the stroke, and then now you're using that same skill, that same knowledge that doesn't get affected by a stroke. Um, and then now you're trying to work on it through reading out loud to somebody that's amazing like hearing you out in all of those situations that you're using to heal and work on yourself that's really really good i actually um because of the time that we've met each other on on zoom and all on the, all these different platforms that's actually what i actually have a difficulty with i can speak you know like here i am on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> but it's the reading part that's very hard and to comprehend and to hold on to it and you're like the backwards like you can read forever i don't know how many books do you read a day or uh, a year let's see i know i do four to five every month yeah 
that's that's wild. I can barely read one. (laughs) So yeah, but that's really we're like the opposite, and I think that's awesome advice uh, to others about like how to continue working on yourself and your current skills and your your skills that you're never gonna lose. So thank you for that. Um, So I know that right now um, is what are some things that you've been feeling like you've had like a lot of progress on or what you think that are you still having some some issues that you're still working on a lot? Well, one thing I've been doing is I'm teaching Sunday school again. And so that puts me in front of people. And I also enjoyed uh, going to uh, the uh, paid people for uh, for here at Bind and also um, uh, University of uh, Dallas, Texas. I did that, and uh, so every chance I could possibly speak, that's what I tried to do. And I'll tell you quickly, what's funny was, is that uh, it's a lot difficult um, than it used to be, because at this time, um, you know, I I don't, uh, I'm not supposed to sound good. In other words, I had a I had a stroke, and so what happens is is that you know, the fact is that they don't want to be perfect. They don't want me to be perfect. They want me to talk like a person who has a stroke, and so th- that happened all the time. And I like that. As a result of that, there's no pressure. Yeah, no that's no good. Pressure. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, there's no pressure, but I think because of the ongoing. Um, testing that you've done not testing but ongoing progress that you've had so far from all your experiences uh i think one time i met you you said like i'm at 75 percent right 75 percent you that's pretty cool i think you're even better now so it's been sounding like you've been having a great progress yeah it's okay and talk, we're just talking about you know all the different things that you're doing to keep up with read you know you're reading and that's one of the questions the members had for us which is a question that i've never thought about so i don't know but are you prescribed any medication that helps with aphasia? Or have you ever heard of anything like that? No, I take a lot of pills. Well, I mean, I do too. <laughs> but that's what I, that's what I. But I didn't think you had to. I mean, I guess that would be nice if there was a pill for aphasia. Then there would probably be a pill for Alzheimer's and dementia. So maybe you can design that. Oh, go to work be on wonderful. it. Wonderful, absolutely. I'll be rich. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Share it with me. Right. Um, Also, I think we're on going into these questions that we've had from listeners and followers. Um, Another one, actually, I was asked, and I was like, do I ask this one? Like, what is this Yeah, we were confused with this one. But I do think that it's good to ask because, you know, a lot of people don't hear about aphasia. And right right now they're hearing from someone that gets affected by it or has had an affection um, by, by it through the stroke. But... Does it does having aphasia affect any kind of safety like within you yourself like or other people does it affect any kind of safety like well, your safety I guess you yeah, know exactly yeah, uh, yeah safe uh, what happens is is if you don't communicate well um, and you're telling somebody to you know go to this door or go to the right or something like that and you can't say it uh, that is very uh, safe issues i mean it really is absolutely yeah right now i think that's um right now that you're talking about saying right and like while you're driving and stuff i think that's why i might be the worst like um what is it when you're like the one that's sitting next to the driver co-pilot i'm the worst co-pilot i mean i'm saying right and i think i said left without realizing it (laughs) so it might be the worst one but yeah i definitely agree with you yes that is that's a safety matter so thank you for sharing that one yeah and i know I think, Carl, I'm not going to say I know. I think, like, in the beginning, when you, with your aphasia, you were having 
more difficulty just speaking in general. So what kind of tools, if you were having issues with your speech, what other kind of tools did you use to be able to communicate with your therapist or with your daughters? Yeah, the again, the whole thing was trying to be conversational. And uh, one of the things that they decided to do was, is uh, don't, don't read so much. Turns out I did something else later. But at that time, they said, we want to paraphrase everything, mm-hmm. make everything in your own words. And I, I had two therapists who did that. And frankly, it was a lot easier for me because I can use my own words. Only place it didn't work was at church because they don't want my words. They want uh, the, the Bible says words. So anyway, so it didn't yeah. quite work. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you got to do the right thing in the right place. That makes sense. I get yeah. that. It really does. And before we go on to the next question, I just want to make sure to remind all of our listeners and our followers that if you ever would like to contact us, to email us at bindwaves at thebind.org and make sure to continue connecting to us every Thursday. All right. So I think we have some more wondering kind of questions, Carl. Um, So tell us, I know that you mentioned it a little bit about you going to different areas to talk about aphasia and the stroke survivor story and everything. But tell us a lot about about, um, how you have found a purpose into sharing um, and giving other people, other survivors and caregivers hope by educating them about aphasia. When we go to uh, PATE, frankly, they are all down. Uh, I feel like most of them don't really want to be there and they do not have hope. So one of the things that we do uh, through Bind is give hope to people. Yeah. And so when I do my uh, speech uh, at, at uh, Pate, I, I try to focus on hope. And there, there's uh, there's other things you can think about than, uh, than how bad you are and how, how, how much trouble it's been and all that sort of thing. If you have hope, uh, it turns around everything. And so that's what we try to do. And I do that all the time when I talk with people. You know, and they, they talk about how it hurts so much and things aren't working anymore and so forth and, and trying to get something, get up, you know, get you up mm-hmm. about it and so forth. So yeah. it, it's tough, uh, to, to, especially with a group, y'all, to, to, uh, to try to get hope, but they just don't, uh, don't want it, don't like it, you know. Right. No, and I know, and that's for our listeners that may not know, we go out and talk to different rehabs. One is Pate, and so those are pretty much brand new stroke survivors, brain injury survivors, what you know, whether it be TBI or whatever. So there is, you know, it's a little bit more down. You're still in the clinical setting. But as most of you know, our brand pom- promise here at Bind is hope, purpose, and community. So that kind of covers all of our bases right there, where our purpose is to go out to the community and provide hope to new survivors. And that's part of the podcast, too, is to educate our community about what we're going through and and how things help brain injured survivors or affect us and what you can do to just be a little bit kinder and nicer to brain injury because we're like carl said earlier it doesn't affect our intelligence it may sound like it affects our intelligence but it doesn't really affect our just kind of saying that carl so what would you like our listeners to know about how they should treat someone with aphasia if they meet someone that's talking a little slower has aphasia that's very important because the issue is that um, they're troubled to to say the words and and they typically pause 
And what happens is they try it again and try it again, like I said a few minutes ago. And then what they're trying to do then is get new words. And it gets very frustrating. I mean, it really is. Especially you can see people who have on their lips are going and they just can't say these words. And it's very hard to do that. Same thing is also with people who they uh, squit towns and they also have words that they make up. It's uh, that's one way they communicate and you have to have patience. And I would just say, which I've done many times here, uh, I've never seen in this, our, our uh, staff uh, has the most patient people I've ever seen. Uh, I don't know how they do it. Uh, I don't know what they do uh, out town of, or when they're out of the, their own time and so forth, but uh, they may hit the wall. I don't know what they do, but uh, we have, there's great patience to our staff and it's just uh, wonderful. I know people are really appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that right now that you are talking about like how we get stuck on certain words and then or say the wrong words, um, just to be a little bit more personal, do you know when that happens when you when you're speaking? Like, do you know when you probably said the wrong word? Oh, sure. Where do you <laughs> yeah. want to start? Uh, absolutely. Uh, and one of the things that I try to do is after I try a word and it doesn't work, I ask somebody else to say something, and then what happens is I say, I'm glad you're here, because, <laughs> because I can't say it, but they can, so that's what I try to do. Well, yeah. That's pretty smart, yeah. I think uh, one time I was like um, having a conversation with one of my friends, and they were like, talking to you is kind of like playing, um, not categories. Like one of those yeah. games, you know? Because I, I know I can't say the word. Like I know I have the wrong, I'm going to say the wrong word and I know that's the wrong word. So I'm going to be like, you know, I'm talking about, it starts with a K and it's like, you know, that what do you use? Like, I don't know. I can't, I can't think of it right now. But, you know, I have like, I have, I know I can't say it. So I'm kind of describing it first, then saying the letter that I know it starts with. What it, like, you know, having what category does that fall in to have my way of asking help. And as I say that out loud, that letter will come in. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking about this, you know. Well, we'll remember that also when people have aphasia, uh, what happens is there are other ways to communicate, like drawing something, um, pointing people and that sort of thing. So if they don't have the words, there's still other ways you can communicate. Sure. Yeah, of course. And I know for you, because I know one of the members that we have here at Bind that I used to ask him because we'd be in the car riding together and he'd be trying to tell us a story and he was very limited on his words and he would say things and Carl and I, the other Carl, would be like this, you know, just throwing things out. And finally we went, Steve, does that bother you when we do that? Do you want us to just shut up and let you try to say it? And then when you want help, you'll tell us you want help. And he very profoundly said, yes, no questions asked that he had the correct word. So I think that's another good point for our listeners to know is don't try to help the person come up with what they're trying to say unless they're asking you to help them. Like Carl said, he kind of does it and then says, thank you, I'm glad you're here. But for some people, it's a little more frustrating to just be like, you know, and when they pause, that doesn't mean they're waiting for you to then tell them what they said. They're rethinking what they're trying to say. Is that right? Does that sound good? That is correct, yes. I say all that, and I, unfortunately, not unfortunately, but fortunately was not affected with aphasia, but because of my work with Bind for so long, I know a lot of people with aphasia, so I have a lot of different 
knowledge about it no technical knowledge just how i work with my friends and yeah so. i definitely agree and i think that it's kind of weird i don't know if it's weird but it's just very interesting after have having had a stroke like i i'm so interested in like everything that has to do with my brain and other people's <laughs> brains <laughs> like it's so interesting and same thing with aphasia and i think that's how i also i believe about you um also carl is just like how you got affected by aphasia and you know so much and you're always like researching about it and want to know more about it and help other people so honestly thank you so much for for being here and doing that on the podcast and continuing to do that like on a weekly basis even with uh, like people that don't have any affection to it so thank you so much carl yeah we really appreciate you being here today and join us carl for all of and for all of you listening if you want to ask Carl questions or have more just kind of want to know more about aphasia in general you can also con you can send an email to Carl here at our info at the bind.org that way that we can make sure that it goes we get that question specifically to Carl and um we'll make sure that all the guest information is on our episodes descriptions and resources as well and if you would like to contact us, the hosts of Bind Waves, you can send an email to us at bindwaves at thebind.org, and we will be available to answer any of your questions. And don't forget to hit the like button, the share button, the subscribe button, and if you're on YouTube, the notify button. All those buttons that you got to click to make sure we know you're listening and you're liking us, and don't forget to share, too. And you can find us on all, all <laughs> of your favorite uh, platforms. Thank you for listening. Until, Until next time. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Bind Waves and continue to support Bind and our nonprofit mission. We support brain injury survivors as they reconnect into the life, the community, and their workplace. And we couldn't do that without great listeners like you. We appreciate each and every one of you. Continue watching. Until next time. Until next time.